This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we discuss strategies, hacks, and tips for how we can build happier lives. This week, we'll talk about why we might think about our past selves, and we'll discuss the know yourself better question of, are you an overestimator or an underestimator? I'm Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and joining me from New York City is my sister, Gretchen Rubin. And Gretchen, you know a lot about my past life. I sure do. That's me, Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, the five senses, human nature. I am in my little office in New York City. And yes, Elizabeth, you know my past self very well, too. Now, maybe you can guess from the intro, today is opposite day. (laughs) Yes, we're a big fan of whimsical little celebrations, and so today is opposite day. We're shaking it up a bit. Yeah, so maybe we'll have breakfast for dinner. Yeah, and I was thinking that when I walk through Central Park, I almost always take exactly the same route, and I was thinking maybe I would just go the reverse way, which literally has never occurred to me before, and I, I feel like, is this even scientifically possible? But I suspect that it is. It's like Superman reversing time. Yeah. (laughs) flying backward around the planet. Yes, exactly. Okay, Coach, we have lots of updates this week. Yes, first, TikTok. I am on TikTok. It has been a long road to get up to speed on TikTok, but I am there. Please come, if you're a TikTok viewer, come check it out. Follow me on TikTok. I'm very excited about this whole new platform. It's really super fun to think about how to engage with people about ideas on TikTok. Yes, I followed you, Gretch. Uh, You're such a good sister. Always, I can count on you. And this week for hashtag Outside23 and 23, tag us on social media in a picture of your pets outside for a chance to be reposted 
Well, you know there's going to be a lot of those photos. I love seeing pets. And I love hearing about all the happy pets who are so happy to go outside. Yes. That just that just warms my heart, thinking about all these happy dogs. <laughs> now, on the theme of opposite, we got an interesting email from our listener, Carol, who says, I'm a rebel who tips toward obliger. I'm currently listening to episode 410, Top Tools for Habit Change. You were discussing how the don't break the chain strategy can backfire on people because if they're like me, as soon as they break the chain, even once, they give up on the whole idea. So in my 23 for 23 list, I created a few opposite goals. Instead of trying to do something 23 times, like trying 23 new restaurants or recipes, I am giving myself permission not to do something 23 times. For example, I have a goal to play the cello every day, but I'm giving myself 23 days off. That way I can miss once or twice a month without feeling like I've missed the target and giving up. Also, I think I'll be motivated not to miss a day, so I have more days off in the bank for future use. What a great idea. This is such a clever idea. I think not even just for rebels, for obligers, this is a really good idea. Well, Alyssa, we keep saying, like, we think that there is no further twist on, like, how to use the number. I know. And people, it's just <laughs> I know. endless imagination. Oh, speaking of the 23 for 23 list, on my list was the thing about get new underwear Many, many people emailed with suggestions about what to do with the old underwear, T-shirts, old textiles. People mentioned Four Days, Marine Layer, Nikki, bra recycling. So if you are looking for something to do with your old textiles, uh, it turns out there are many places that will help you make good use of them. So thank you, listeners. Yes, I think Get Rid of Gross T-Shirts is on my list as well. That's right. That's right. We both have it. Yes, this is good for both of us. Yeah. So the Try This at Home tip this week is very appropriate for Opposite Day because we talk a lot about thinking about your future self. It's a kind of accountability, especially for obligers. It's a way to think about what you want from life, what your aims are. But this is the opposite. This is instead of thinking about your future self, you think about your past self, your child self, your teenage self, or any earlier self. Yes. Think back on what an earlier version of yourself would think about your life, your work, your habits. It's kind of mind-blowing. Well, it's another way of thinking about yourself sort of in the third person. And all the research shows mm -hmm. that that kind of distancing, giving yourself that perspective is very, very valuable. It can be tricky to like get outside yourself. So one way to do this is to say, well, what would my earlier self think about my today's self? Yeah. And Gretchen, sometimes, you know, I, I can be feeling down about something going on. But if I think back to my what my past self, Elizabeth, mm -hmm. would have thought about me doing like season two of Fantasy Island, yes. it would have just been more wonderful than I could imagine. I mean, I can think of myself watching Fantasy Island. Yes. And then I can, and loving it yes. uh, as a kid. Then I can think of my 20-something self out in LA, trying to make it, not yes. Being able to get a job, yeah. pounding the pavement. And if I could have thought like that I was going to have a season two, I wouldn't have believed it. I mean, my goal, Gretch, for a long time was just to meet one showrunner. Oh, that was I, like my only goal. Oh, I remember when you were like, this is the impossible dream, but I am determined to make <laughs> this happen. It's like, it's just the city seems so vast. It's like, how in the world yeah. are you going to meet anybody? 
Well, listen, I remember watching Fantasy Island as kids. You didn't even know how TV was even made. This was just no. so far beyond your capacity to even, it was beyond dreams. Yeah. And if you had told me, okay, you're going to be in Puerto Rico at a gorgeous resort shooting this a new uh, reboot of this show. With the chair, I the actual chair. Yes, the, with the chair, that chair. The plane yes. landing, the whole thing, the smiles. Yeah. I get a chill every yeah. time Elena Work says, smile. <laughs> yes. So when I look at my life through the lens yeah. of my past self, um, and not even to mention having a family I love and yeah. two adorable dogs, yeah. I'm like, hey, my life is pretty darn good. Well, I think it really is a good reminder like for you to be grateful and to give yourself yeah. that ta-da, to be like... Now I'm very focused on what what do I want to do, what's ahead of me, but to think about what your past self, it reminds you to be grateful. And this reminds me of something. So way back in 2011 on my website, GretchenRubin.com, I interviewed Mindy Kaling. I love Mindy Kaling. I have loved her ever since The Office where she plays Kelly Kapoor. I love both of her books. She's got all these great series. Mindy Project, I love. Anyway, I just am a huge fan of Mindy Kaling. I think she's brilliant. So the question that I asked was, what's something you know now about happiness that you didn't know when you were 18 years old? This is what she answered. She said, when I was 18 years old, I took a semester off from college and was an intern at Late Night with Conan O'Brien. It was the most glamorous job I ever had, and I idolized the writers there. I remember lying in bed every night telling myself that if I ever got a job as a comedy writer, I would be so happy, and all my dreams would have come true. Six years later, I got that job working on The Office. I felt incredibly happy and grateful for about a week. And then a whole new set of complaints set in. This would have shocked and disgusted my 18-year-old self. It's helpful to remember the younger version of me because it reminds me to feel grateful when I want to be snotty. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we can all relate to that. We can all relate to that. For me, same as you, like it never even occurred to me growing up that I could be a writer. I loved reading. I like spent all my time reading, but I didn't even foresee a life for myself where I could be the writer. So it it was sort of even beyond the reach of my younger self. And so that's interesting to think of like how, how grateful I am now that I have this life where I just read and write all day long. It's such a dream come true. I don't want to lose touch with that. But I do think there's also a way where there's a twist on this, which is it can be a wake-up call. It can remind you of something that you once wanted or once desired or once aimed for, and maybe you've drifted away from that, but remembering what your past self would have wanted might remind you of something that you want in the present. And I remember this with Jamie, because I remember Jamie just one time, just offhandedly said to me, man, if my 12-year-old self knew that I could go to a Knicks game pretty much whenever I wanted, and I like almost never went, he would just be horrified because because 12 year old Jamie, all he wanted to do was go to the Knicks. And so it's a good reminder because like asking yourself, what did you do for fun when you were 10 years old? It's a way to reconnect. Maybe you don't want that. Jamie doesn't really want to go to the Knicks as much as he would have liked to as a, when he was younger. But it's a reminder that it can be a wake-up call. Right. Well, you could say, like, why am I not playing the guitar? My 12-year-old self just, you know, wanted to play the guitar, and now I don't do it anymore. 
there's lots of things you can bring back into your life if you like think about your past self. Yeah, my earlier self would have been shocked to realize that I wasn't playing music every day or my younger self might have been like, oh, I can go to a movie anytime I want. I can just go, I can go on a weeknight. (laughs) I could go three times in one week. But I don't do that. Maybe I'd like to do that. Maybe I'd like to bring that up into my life because it's something that my earlier self valued and I still value it. So it's a way to both bring gratitude in your life and kind of make you maybe push for more, do something different. Yeah. And you can choose any earlier stage that feels relevant. So it could be when you were 10, 20, when you were 30, anytime. Right, right. So let us know if you do try this at home and how thinking about your past self works for you. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes. This is happiercast.com slash 414. Coming up, we've got a Valentine's Day happiness hack. But first, this break. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. Elizabeth, this week, the happiness hack is in honor of Valentine's Day, which is coming up. And we talk a lot about easy family traditions, like things you can do that Mm -hmm. build memories and and help us stay close to each other, but maybe don't take a lot of time, energy, or money, because sometimes things can get overly complicated, and then you don't want to do them. 
And we got a great suggestion mm-hmm. from our listener, Jenny. Yeah, she says, in a previous episode, a new mom asked for ideas for traditions to start with her family. With Valentine's Day coming up, I am currently preparing for a tradition I started with mine. Starting the evening of January 31st, my husband and I tape a cutout paper heart on our kids' bedroom doors that have written statements listing something we love about them. We love the fun outfits you pick, and we love how you share with others, and we love your imagination. We do this every night until Valentine's Day. The kids started checking their doors first thing every morning and really enjoyed it. For the last few months, they've been asking if we'll be doing it again this year. (laughs) I dated and saved the hearts for their memory boxes so they will have them to flip through in the future or on a day when they may need a pick-me-up. I do recommend keeping a list to reference so you don't make duplicates. Our daughter moved her hearts into her room each day so we couldn't reference them on her bedroom door at night. And write things down when you think of them because as much as we love our kids, it can be hard coming up with just the thing in the evening before bed. Well, I love this idea. So nice. And I think you could do a lot with it. Like if doing it for two weeks felt like too much, you could just do it the day of Valentine's Day or like a week before Valentine's Day. This would probably be a great thing to do with a sweetheart because we don't always lavish enough praise and love and appreciation on our sweethearts. And also, I think, you know, we talk a lot about the memento journal where it has those pockets. This is exactly the kind of thing you can put in your memento journal. And then over the years, it would be so fun to see how we love the fun outfits you pick. That's very different when you're like five years old and when you're 17, you know, or whatever. Um, It would be really fun to see how those things evolve. So this is, it's so thoughtful, but it's, it would be pretty simple to execute. Yes. Love that idea, Jenny. Thank you. And also from a listener, we have a know yourself better question. This is very thought provoking. Yeah, Jackie says, I'd like to share a know yourself better that has recently come up between my husband and me. Once we recognize this difference, it has helped us to not have the same disagreements (laughs) over and over. A marriage (laughs) triumph. Are you an underestimator or an overestimator? For example, we might have a list of chores slash tasks to complete one Saturday, and I'll think we need to set aside several hours to get them completed, while my husband will say, oh, this will only take 15 minutes. (laughs) Of course, the actual time spent is usually somewhere in between. Other examples would be the time allotted for running an errand, cooking a meal, etc. When situations like this come up, we often stop and remember past times where we have disagreed on the amount of time we need to allot to something and decide to compromise on something in between. This helps me with the panic of, there will never be enough time to get this done, we better hurry, and my husband rushing to get something completed because he didn't set aside enough time. One of the interesting parts about this, at least in our experience, is that my husband and I are both quite punctual people. So it is not necessarily just a measure of the ability to be on time for something, but rather the inclination to plan and set aside time a certain way. An interesting distinction. Well, I think this is really great because I know that I'm an overestimator. Like Thoreau said, I love a broad margin to my life and I like a margin. I don't like feeling pressed for time. So I will often, something that's going to take 45 minutes, I might put it on my calendar for like an hour and a half because I just, Yeah. how about you? Yes, I think I'm definitely an overestimator too because I don't like the panicky feeling of like running out of time. So I'd rather give myself way more time than I need. 
to avoid that feeling. But I think it's also the pessimistic, optimistic viewpoint, yes. because sometimes it's like right. some person's like, well, we just have to do this, 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 and this. And you're like, yeah, but with this, that could happen. And then with that, that could happen. And then, oh, maybe they'll be out. And then we have to go to three places. And how likely do you think it is that things will break your way? I tend to think everything will go wrong. Right. Me too. Adam, for instance, does plan based on everything going right. And I'm like, but that never happens. Right. There's yeah. never not traffic in Los Angeles. Yeah. But that's just how he plans. Yeah. Well, and I think that this is a great uh, thing because what she's she's not saying one is right and one is wrong. She's right. saying this is like a different way. And once you realize that one person is overestimating and one person is underestimating, you can say like, okay, why don't we meet somewhere in the middle? And like, let's use past experience to be more efficient in our planning. Because the fact is overestimating is often very inefficient. It's like, I feel yeah. like it's less stressful than underestimating, but it's still often not efficient. This takes the emotion out of it. Yes. You know, it takes right. the sort of feeling of like, oh my God, this person is yeah. is doing me wrong. Right. It's just like, oh, we see this differently. Right. You know? And it's, yeah, exactly. It's It makes it just like, okay, take let's take this into account in just kind of a dispassionate way. Instead of arguing, I'm right, you're wrong. Where that's where yeah. the conflict comes in. Yes. And then people feeling like you don't pay attention to the fact that I'm stressed out or you never listen to me when I tell you that I know it's not going to take that long or I don't want to cooperate because exactly. this is a big waste of my time. It's like, oh, okay, let's just figure out what makes sense. Yes. So really smart. Well, listeners, this is kind of a related question. This is something we want to talk about in a future episode. Here's the question for you. What are small nagging conflicts that you experience with a sweetheart? Because I, I want to sort of get a sense of like, what are these conflicts? So I would say examples of small nagging conflicts are things like, when do we leave for the airport? How much does somebody think it's a bad idea to have dirty clothes that are on the floor and not in the hamper? My thing is bottled water. I'm adamantly opposed to bottled water and will like really, really throw it down if somebody around me wants to buy bottled water. And that can be a source of conflict because, you know, my Jamie will be like, I'm thirsty. I want to get a thing of bottled water. I'm like, we just came from our house where there was just infinite supplies of water, you know, just deal with it, whatever. Yeah. You know you know what I mean, Elizabeth? Can you think of examples like this? Dishes not going in the dishwasher. Oh, yeah. Right. Someone looking at their phone during dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Working when you're supposed to be relaxing with the family. Yeah. Or there's making the bed. And the thing is, maybe you both agree. Maybe both of you are like, who cares about making the bed? Let's not do it. Or Jamie and me, we both like having the bed made, so we'll do it together. But you're right. It's often a point of conflict. And these are not big things. I just want to have a list of like the little things. I'm not even exactly sure what I'm going to do with this list, but I want this list. So send me. And these yeah. are not big. These are not big philosophical problems. These are the small nagging right. conflicts. So send them in. It's the toothpaste, right? Yes. It's the yes. classic is the is the toilet seat and the toothpaste yes. cap. I think Ex those are the two classic. Okay, examples. I'm adding those to my list. I hadn't thought of those, but you're right. Like those are the most classic examples. Cited of, examples. Yes. yes. Send them in. Socks send them on my the floor. Yeah, socks on the floor. Okay, send them in. 
And now for a listener question. We have a lot from listeners this episode, yes. uh, which is always great. This is a question from Michelle. Yeah, she says, I'm a longtime listener of your podcast, and I immediately knew the first time I heard you describe the Four Tendencies framework that I'm an obliger. It wasn't until I recently read Gretchen's book, The Four Tendencies, that I came to understand that I tipped to rebel. As an obliger, I know I need outer accountability to meet my goals. However, as an obliger slash rebel, I really resist any such outer accountability, and I can't seem to make myself seek it out. For example, I think it would be great to join a book club. However, if I join the kind of book club where nobody really cares if you read the book, I know I'd feel like I had to read it anyway and become grumpy at those who didn't make the effort. However, I can't bring myself to join a book club with a firm expectation to read the book because it feels like too much pressure and another stress I don't need in my life. Do you have any tips for how an obliger, the tips to rebel, can seek outer accountability without feeling like they're trapping themselves? Okay, listeners. What an interesting question. Send in your responses, especially if you're an obliger who tips for rebel. This comes up all the time. And I would love to have some heuristics and strategies that people in this particular combination can use. I mean, the, what I would say is you want to focus on what you want. That's kind of the rebel. What do you want so that the accountability feels positive? These people are holding me accountable for something that I want. I want to read this book. So these people are helping me. But that's a pretty limited yeah. approach. I would love to know what other tools people have used because I have heard from many people where it's like, I need the accountability, but then I resent the accountability. And you don't yeah. want obligers to be feeling that deep resentment because then that can lead them into obliger rebellion. And that can be productive and beneficial, but it can also be destructive and hard to manage. And one of the things I thought yeah. was always to be doing resolutions that are positive. So you don't want accountability for something that feels negative, but only for something that feels positive. But reading a book is positive. And so even for a positive resolution like this, Michelle is feeling frustrated. So let's find some more tools from the Obliger Rebels out there. Yes, it's interesting because I don't relate to that at all. I'm just pure Obliger. So mm. it's really interesting to me to hear this point of view. By the way, if you don't know what we're talking about, you can take the quiz. Go to fourtendencies.com slash quiz and you can take the free quiz and three and a half million people have taken it and it's very quick. And as I said, it's free. It will tell you your tendency and give you a little report so you know what the uh, what we're talking about. All the tendencies have a range because you tip in one direction or another. So obligers are like upholders and that they both readily meet outer expectations. But obligers also tip to rebel because they both resist inner expectations. And so Michelle is saying that she's an obliger who tips to rebel. Yeah. And so for that particular combination, the spirit of resistance is very strong. And as she's saying, it's kind of interfering with the with the effectiveness of the accountability. Whereas Elizabeth, you are an obliger who tips to upholder. And so only a few times that I can think of have I seen you experience obliger rebellion and accountability tends to work really well for you and not be too, it doesn't make you too resentful. But each of the tendencies have this big range. Like if you're a questioner who tips to upholder, like Jamie, that's very different from being a questioner who tips to rebel, which is like Steve Jobs. Like they're still <laughs> questioners, but it really colors how the tendency comes out. And it can, and knowing that subtlety in your tendency can really help you be more effective when you're trying to figure out how to set yourself up for success because it just gives you that additional nuance of like, 
okay, yeah, I know that as an obliger, I need accountability, but I, I need to know even more than just accountability. I have to tweak it in a way that's going to suit my, like, my subtype. All right. All very interesting. Coming up, Gretchen has a closed gold star, but first this break. We're so excited to introduce you to Great Jones. Great Jones makes high-quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that's so stunning, you won't want to put it away. They have everything from Dutch ovens to ceramic dishes to non-stick sheet pans. They've got everything you want. I have the Saucy, which is a terrific saucepan. It has curved sides. It has a pouring spout. It has a lid. And it looks so elegant. It's really a pleasure just to look at it on the counter, even before we're using it. Yes, I love all the colors. Yeah. They make stunning gifts that are actually useful. Weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays. It's the perfect gift for the foodie in your life. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code HAPPIER. That's greatjones.com, promo code HAPPIER. Eating processed food for every meal isn't healthy for people or for dogs. We all know that. And kibble is subject to multiple rounds of high heat processing, making it an ultra-processed food. The farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human-grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. My dog, Barnaby, loves the farmer's dogs. When he sees me pulling one of those packets out, he comes running. It's personalized, vet-developed, and it has recipes for as little as $2 a day. Meals arrive in pre-portion, ready-to-serve packs, and they're conveniently delivered on whatever schedule works for me. Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. That's 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. Okay, listen, it's time for Demerits and Gold Stars. It is an even-numbered episode, which means it's your turn to talk about a demerit. Yes. Okay, so Gretchen, here's my demerits. Um, you know, I'm trying to eat well, but I yeah. keep finding myself buying food and not eating it. Mm. Okay, like, for instance, buying vegetables. Mm -hmm. Say, oh, I'm going to roast these vegetables tonight for dinner, and then I don't, mm -hmm. and then I don't the next day, and then eventually they go bad. Right. Or I mentioned, I think, on More Happier that I've been eating a lot of hard-boiled eggs. Yeah. But I've also had times where I've made hard-boiled eggs or even bought hard-boiled eggs, and then I haven't eaten them right away. Mm -hmm. And then they just sit in the fridge, and then I'm going, how long do hard-boiled eggs last in <laughs> yeah. the fridge? Right. And like another day goes by, yeah. and I'm like, are they still good? Well, I don't know. Let right. me leave them there for another day. And right. it's like 10 days later, they're still there. So I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm voicing this demerit in hopes that it will keep me eating my food in a timely manner. Well, first of all, I think we've all done it. This is like, I think, a challenge for a lot of people. Certainly, it's a, it's a challenge for me and my family. And I think this is something that a lot of people are really focusing on now more than ever, which is food waste. And to like really use, if you're bought food, eat that food. I bet people have yes. a lot of tricks and tips about yeah. use a Sharpie to write the date on your hard-boiled egg so you know how long it's been in the fridge or whatever. I bet people have a lot of really good ideas about like how to make sure that you actually yes. do eat the food. So send me those ideas, yeah. please. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's great. All right, Gretchen, what is your gold star? Okay, I'm giving myself a gold star because I had two big insights, but and I'm giving an assist gold star to Eleanor because she made an observation that threw a lot of light on my habits. Okay, just like you're trying to eat the food that you've bought, I want to wear the clothes that I actually have. And I also yeah. want to make better choices in the future because we all have things that for whatever reason, we just end up like just not wearing very much. And so it's like, okay, how can I wear those clothes now and then not buy those kinds of clothes in the future? Okay. So Eleanor said to me, not in criticism, but just kind of like in an observation, she's like, oh, you know, you always wear things that zip or button. And I was like, mm. you know, that's true. I really do feel a strong, like just in my day to day when I'm like wearing my yoga pants and running shoes, something that either zips or buttons. And she goes, that's kind of funny because I always think of those things as not being as warm because they're like, are penetrated, you know, like by holes, mm. which I don't even know if that's true. But she was like, yeah, like, what's, why don't you like things that just pull over your head? And I thought, well, why not? Because the funny thing is with the things that button and zip, usually I don't even unzip them or unbutton them. I just right. pull them over my head. I cannot yes. be bothered even to do that much work. So I just pull them over my head anyway. And once she said that, it like unlocked something for me. And I'm like, now I have things that I haven't been wear. I had never been wearing very much without being conscious of this pattern. And now I'm like, I can pull this sweater over my head. And so I've been wearing all these leisure wear much more in circulation. Oh, so that's good. The other thing is I was looking in my closet at the things and my shelves at the things that I don't wear. And it's so obvious once I think about it, that when I think about the clothes that I bought, that in the end I don't wear, almost always it's because it's a beautiful color. Mm. I love colors so much. I'm like, if it's purple, I'll buy it. And it's like, that yeah. doesn't look good, but I buy it thinking, oh, I I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll figure out a way, and then no. Or, you know, it just doesn't look right. And then, but and then I, you can't bring yourself to give it away because you think, oh, but it's such a great color. Yes. And so I now, because I've recognized this pattern, I think I'm going to really be on the lookout when I'm trying something on and I'm very pulled toward it because of the color. Yes. I have to say like, but does it fit? And does it go with anything else? And, you know, does it work? Because that is the trap that I fall into. I love the color. I convince myself it's fine. And this is what our mom is always saying. She's like, if it doesn't look good in the end, you don't wear it. Even yeah. if it's beautiful on the hanger or on the shelf, it, it, totally. if it doesn't look good on you, in the end, you don't want to wear it. Absolutely true. Well, good for you. Clothing insights. You're wearing your makeup every day. I am. Just, I'm on fire. You're a whole new woman. So the resources for this week. Okay, I mentioned it before, but come on, check it out on TikTok. Follow me on TikTok. It is so much fun to be there. Oh, yes. Um, and then what are we reading? Elizabeth, what are you reading? I am reading Spare by Prince Harry. Ooh, and I am listening, I'm re-listening to a book that I've read, Piranesi by Susanna Clark. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember, try this at home. Instead of your future self, think about your past self. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Elizabeth is on Instagram, at Liz Craft, and I'm at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm on TikTok at Gretchen Rubin. Our email is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and follow us in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting app. It really does help the show. Until next week, I'm Gretchen Rubin. And I'm Elizabeth Kraft. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward. 
Gretchen, it was so thrilling. I got to say onward and upward. Uh, <laughs> that was my favorite part of the whole episode. Excellent. Well, you did it beautifully. <laughs> onward and upward. You can say it in a lot onward of different ways. Onward and upward. Well done. From the Onward Project.